0: Uh, Welcome to another episode of Box Office Vacancy. Hope everybody's staying home, staying safe, all that awesome stuff. I'm your co-host, Robert. I'm your co-host, Reggie. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, everybody. Um, We are teetering along in this incredible box office month. Um, We actually have a smash hit at number one. Um, at the box office. Yes, there is still a number one at the box office. It's the horror film the, Re- uh, the Wretched, which has been number one at the box office out of 21 different drive-through theaters that are still open with a whopping $60,000. Number one for three straight weeks. The only movie that's been able to do that. Uh, this year is Bad Boys for Life. So, uh, Reg, wh- what's your takeaway from a low budget horror film being the number one film for three straight weeks? That's that's pretty good for the genre. No, nah,
1: that sounds like a Jason Blum film. What are you talking about, man? Yeah, I mean, but even even House film is a Jason Blum movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no it, I, I, I don't know anything about this horror film. No, I don't know anything about this horror film, but. Okay. But, it's like, <laughs> but it's like the joke is, all right, you're talking about like a horror film being number one for three straight weeks. Mm-hmm. Most likely it's a Blumhouse movie because I have never heard it. You no, like-
0: um the, the only folks that are still like releasing new films right now, um, IFC, uh, you know, Independent Film Channel and their distribution. Um, they're still releasing movies at the moment, um, but only at like. Drive-ins, and I guess it's almost kind of old school, where it's like you know, oh, well, what's like the most appropriate type of uh film to do really well at a drive-in theater and a horror movie, you know? So, so I uh, mean, like, I mean, it is, but
1: then, but then, like, back in the day, it's like most likely, (laughs) most likely, like people will just have sex in the back. Like that's why Roger Corman would say like didn't care about making horror films. Like, like he doesn't care about the quality because he knows teens are just going there and making out. They don't even care what's on that screen. Hmm. Like that's why that, I mean like that's why they, he was able to get get away well, with a lot of that's why he, he was able to get away with a lot of exploitation films, especially when they were doing the Philippines. I, like, like, I would, like women's prison movies and all that stuff.
0: Um I would say another factor to consider too with Horror movies, you know, is that it may not necessarily be like an opportunity to make out, but horror movies are really popular as first date movies you know, just because of like the inherent like idea where it's like, you know, oh, the girl is going to be the one that's like scared of the horror movie. And then it's like, oh, they have to nudge over to, you know, the boyfriend. And it's just like, or the first date. And he has to like, don't worry, babe, it's just a movie. You know, like that idea is still super prevalent. And clearly it's something that's still kind of like, super associated with uh, the genre, in particular PG-13 horror films but I'm actually trying to think, what was the last PG-13 horror film to come out? Was it Slender Man? Slender Man I think was PG-13 No, no, I mean There had to have been one after that, hold up but yeah,
1: rich. Like I, I, like there, I remember. I mean, like there, there is a Blumhouse. Like I said, it's one of those Blumhouse movies. If it's not, if it's not R rated, then it's a PG thirteen movie.
0: Oh, d- of course, duh. Um, Quiet Place, or Happy Death Day, or Mama, or Scary Stories We Tell in the Dark. I mean, the boy. Um, the, oh, wait, wait. What's the boy? Art, or PG thirteen? I think the boy and Brums to the boy. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, to the boy. Which I got like, did, did you see? Uh, did you see Red Letter, uh, the half in the bag about Brums to the boy? Where like just, uh, just Mike explaining the plot of it. <laughs> you just saw Jay progressively just like losing his mind over it because like when you do say it out loud, it is like the stupidest sounding thing.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: it's incredible. Yes, BG thirteen. It came out this year. Well then uh they uh, there you go. We we still but get the it, But it's still like it's
1: still pretentious talking about Brahms the boy. It's I, like dude, it's just a it's just a, it was a dumb premise to begin with. It's like a yeah. doll, it's like it's like it's Annabelle, it's like the same thing as Annabelle, what the doll is like like every time the movie like every time the camera comes cuts back to the doll, it doesn't do anything. It's yeah. like How are you making this scary? Like Chucky has, at least Chucky has a
0: personality. Well, then of course, look what happened when they made a sequel to The Boy, where even in The Boy, and honestly, for whoever listens, I really hope you don't mind me spoiling a bad PG-13 horror movie, but in The First Boy, it's not even like the doll. It's like the parent's son who's been living in the walls and it's just moving around the doll. So it's not even the the, the boy. That's like the actual like enemy. It's like an actual human being. That's just like living in the walls. But in this one, they just completely throw it, you know, in the wind, you know? Um, But yeah, you know, I, I I think bloom, bloom house were the ones that kind of like were able to, I guess like in the 2010s, you could say that they were able to re they were able to cover both grounds with PG-13 horrors, but also making whole R-rated horror films very viable. Because I feel like in the 2000s, the 2000s were, you know, you you either had the torture porn like Saw, where it's like if you were R-rated, you had to be like almost hyper exploitive gore. Or you had to be the other way where it was like all the Japanese horror remakes where things like The Ring and The Grunge were PG-13, you know, and just a ton. Man, I can't tell you how much I hated working Fridays when a PG-13 horror movie came out, because it's like, especially in San Antonio, because like San Antonio... Loves itself the horror genre, you know, especially with like the demographics of the town and everything. It's like anything that had like a spooky ghost or um, paranormal activity was PG-13, right?
1: Yeah, the uh, no. Uh, I'm pretty sure it was like. How first, on- I think the first one was R. I think the first one was R and then everything really? else was PG-13
0: wow, that's crazy hold on i'm um we're, we're verifying this, folks. we're verifying this okay. the heck why is it rated r uh really because yeah, everybody's yes. just wow, so yeah. oh, this is weird you yeah. interesting i i I think uh, why it's why actually, like paranormal activity like, seems to be like a rare case where. I think they gave it an R rating just because they thought it was just legitimately too scary for someone to not be with a parent. That's interesting.
1: Uh, here. Uh,
0: That's no, so here's crazy.
1: Here's R for language. So most likely they probably dropped the F bomb a couple of times.
0: I don't remember that
1: many F words come to think of it, but. Yeah. Oh. So, so, So yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at IMDB. The F war is dropped a fair amount of times, maybe 10, 15 ish. And other mother's swears are thrown around once in a while. That is
0: like, so. That is so. A couple so of fucks
1: would get you an R. <laughs> that's
0: this, could have, this could have easily have been a PG-13 movie.
1: Okay. It could been, yeah, it could have been easily a PG-13 movie had they not dropped the F bomb. Yeah, yeah. But that's uh, that's, that's, that's that's the MPAA for you
0: yeah yeah anywho um uh, moving on with um you know just uh before we get into the main topic of our you know uh episode uh we just wanted to go over just like um Reggie uh, been watching anything interesting have you been binging your um, reality shows? Have you been binging your TV phenomenons? Are you are you in the cultural Zangeist at the moment,
1: dude? the The only time, the only way I've been keeping up with some of these reality shows is through YouTubers. I like I can't, I just can't get like there's some reality shows I just can't get into. Um, I know like sometimes like sometimes like you usually put on like the cooking shows and I can sit there and like you know be engaged with it, but 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 it's like, I don't know. It's like, uh, it was, I think it's just like my, my disdain for it. Like, was like, like ever since with the flavor of love. Cause I remember when I was at, uh, in my undergrad, they would usually have dream parties at the student center. There's like a gigantic TV, like mm-hmm. where, where people can like gather around like a couple of couches and Ottomans and all that stuff. And they can watch, you know, whatever. Yeah, and Sometimes I host like a Super Bowl party or Oscar party or whatever, like, you know, in that area. And I remember people coming in to watch Flavor of Love and I watching a couple of like, you know, seconds of it. I just like, nope, it's not for me. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm
0: done. Oh, so, man. What, what, what was the spinoff? What was the spinoff of Flavor of wow. Love?
1: I love New York. Is, I not, uh, yes, I love New York. It's like, yeah, you know, is I love New York, a charm school. So, like, the funny thing is, I know the vh wants programming, but I don't sit down and watch it as Man, much. The, it's like, after you see, like, an episode or a couple of scenes, you already know what you're in for.
0: That was so that like, that that show came out right in that sweet spot of reality TV where it wasn't quite just like a, you know, formatted pipeline that they could just be able to do with like where, you know, you, you'll have like, you have a ton of reality shows, but almost all of them are still set up in the same way, but flavor of love. And I love New York kind of really felt like the last of the, Wild West days of reality television. I'm talking that like golden mid 2000s. I'm talking like uh, Joe Millionaire. I'm talking Temptation Island. I'm talking like I'm Your Daddy? Question mark? Like the really trashy, almost like I mean, like it was Fox like I mean, there, was there was there was there was a plenty shows. of trashy trashy
1: reality shows. I mean, oh, there's that, a ton I mean, right now, but I'm saying that it was. No, almost, I mean, like, like, no, but like even then, even then, you still had like it said. Paris and Nikki try to do odd jobs. Uh, oh, the simple dang. life, uh, like you got those two and then you had, uh, Oh yes. And, and, and then, and then, and then, and then what, sure. and then what, what drove me nuts was, was I saw it's like for some strange reason when I was, uh, like over a summer, uh-huh. like I was staying home, they had the surreal life, um, each one did this real life where they put in a lot of B, D-list celebrities together. So it's like it's the real world, but with D-list celebrities. Oh yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And the one that I remember watching was the one they had Flavor Flav, and that one was uh, where where he was the most annoying guy on on the uh, cast, and like everyone hated his guts. But somehow he, him, and Bridget Nielsen hooked up, and they decided to like. Decide to follow their relationship, and like from that, that's where they ended up with Flavor and Love.
0: Guys, you have to understand that there was there was a web of chronology. Yeah. So much to it, just like everything was just like bit by bit. But you know what I mean? Where it's just yeah, like, it, like there was it, this, it, there was a it, certain different feel, certain different feel with those reality shows back then, where it was just like a little bit more flying by the seat of your pants kind of thing like i feel like the last reality show that kind of captured that like very specific raw you know let's just get a bunch of doofuses to do dumb stuff and just hope we get the b-roll for it let's just have like the most ridiculous premises possible before it becomes like homogenized um was jersey Shore? I would say Jersey Shore is like the last of that, like very specific mm. taste and flavor of reality TV back in like, you know, before the
1: real world was getting kind of trashy as well at the same time.
0: Yeah, but people were kind of. I, I I know real world is still going on, but I know everybody was kind of moving past it at a certain point.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, like, I mean, well, the real world was actually like, I mean, when Jersey Shore became popular, like the next two versions of the real world, they were advertising it to be like as crazy and as wild as you know what they saw on Jersey Shore
0: on yeah. that show.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, that again, again, it was like around that time where it's like. And like, I, it's like, it's like Saturday reality shows. I just don't sit down and watch. It's like, it's like, I'm not interested in it. Some, some are just
0: really good background and.
1: um Even, even for you know, background, it's like, I would rather put on like a cartoon or, or like a movie that I've like seen a dozen times. It's like, yeah.
0: It's like, know, it's like I can't, I like I can't really do that with movies bizarrely. like I feel like when I watch a movie, I kind of have to watch a movie, even if it's one that I've seen um a dozen times, you know. um, I, I can kind of do it when it's like on the same screen when I'm working. Yeah. but e- even with that, it's like you know, nah, I'm gonna have like like cooking shows, right or food network yeah. shows. So that's like the perfect thing to me where it's like, oh, I can see like the frenetic. Editing in the corner of my eye, I should probably like look over real quick to see like who's about to like drop their ing- their hand or something like that. Um, right. Let me ask you something before we go to um, our, you know, current number one watched film on Netflix, mm-hmm. if we're trusting the top 10 at the moment, um, which which reality show do you think is or what genre of reality show? Which one do you feel is most likely to start production as uh, soon given the circumstances and which one do you think is going to be like the most difficult to do
1: the most difficult one would be the will be the ones like Big brother they can't do shows like you would not see like a new episodes of Big Brother. Um, Like, like, yeah, like anything that bunches people together, you would not be able to see that. However, however, I could see like cooking shows like, you know, like game shows where where the contestants doesn't have to be close proximity. Like so you could probably do like Master Chef probably do like less contestants but you can still like you can still have distance I mean like you can still have space between people
0: if if you had them if you had them cook and then you know like in a cooking situation just having them cook by themselves in a secluded area and then being able to like deliver the food you know, that could work. I mean, like they already do kind of like camera in kind of stuff where it's like like, um, like in Worst Cooks, right? Where, yeah. you know, usually like, uh, oh my God, Ann Burrell it's, it's, and it's Bobby Play are like looking yeah, at a yeah. camera. They could just maintain that, you know? <laughs> just like everybody I mean, have I mean, everybody there's,
1: be. I mean there's, there's ways to get around it. That, that's what I'm saying. It's like the weird thing is, is like people even like pointing out how funny that People are now gravitating towards cooking and baking, like during the quarantine. So yeah. that could be like a zeitgeist for like the food network to like, like if they wanted to like start up production, that could be one. You could see like a uh, like those shows continuing.
0: Yeah, yeah. But
1: like, yeah. I su- but, but like I said, like the only shows, like any shows that features like group of people living together and all that stuff, yeah, you, that's not gonna
0: happen unless like, you legit. Not- you, you would have sign to, waivers. You, I mean, yeah, you would make them sign... To sign
1: waivers and also um, and also so. most uh, most likely you have to. Uh, I mean, you probably have to keep the quarantine for, you know, X amount of days.
0: Oh, no, 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 no. Here's what I think they would have to do for something like that, um, c- because um, at the moment, the Bachelorette um, closed down production. At the moment, because they were about to shoot the uh, shoot the new season, but they closed it down. This is what I think they're going to have to do for The Bachelorette. And I almost wonder if it would be like a more interesting circumstance because of like the unexpected emotional, like instability and anxiety that would happen with this. But I would think that, okay, you fly the people in. But they stay isolated for two weeks, so just nobody interacts with them for two weeks. All of the contestants individually, and then and then and then you bring it, and then you bring it, and then after the two week window, you bring everybody to the mansion. And just instead of doing like the dates where it's like the activities where it's like, oh, wow, we're going to Peru or we're going skydiving, just keep everybody in the house. They cannot leave the premises, period. Or yeah. for the duration of the weeks, yes. or do they just keep everybody in the mansion? No dates, no outside stuff, no bringing in people. And just like, I almost wonder if like that potential cabin fever thing might actually have like unintentional like consequences where it's like you just see the guys just like losing their wits where it's like I can't stand this fucking house I can't stand this fucking house I'm t- I can only talk to these people I can't go to the crew because the crew is sleeping here too what the fuck is happening and I almost wonder what that would do with the dynamic of the new bachelorette actually trying to fight
1: I mean, like, the circumstances. Uh, Honestly, it's gonna lose its lust. I mean, like, yeah, it's like, I mean, like, having like, everyone stuck, of- in, like, even having people stuck in the mansions, not that interesting. I mean, like, look at all the celebrities that are stuck in their mansions and they up on either social media or YouTube and all that stuff. It's like, yeah, yeah it's- you guys are boring
0: as hell. Yeah, and y'all tried to do entertaining stuff, but then at a certain point, y'all just realized, I fucking hate this. This is miserable. Like, yeah. as- SNL tried, has been really trying with like the peep and stuff but then you just see that it's like like I I keep going back to that like Simpsons episode where Krusty, you know goes in the middle of a desert and this fucking um, UTV uh, TV station and it's just like we're at hour seven folks and here's the start of our new show, Scorpion and Car Battery. (laughs) It's just It's it's a fascinating, just like almost see them going down like a path of delusion. It's great. It's great. Some people are handling it in the way that um, I admire. Like, um, I I, I love the GQ uh, Robert Pattinson article. We're like, they just made Robert Pattinson take pictures of himself and he just brought up where it's like, yeah, I'm not even training for Batman right now. I mean, it's like, why, why the fuck am I going to work in a six pack when I'm literally, you know, putting hamburger buns in my pasta, you know? um no it's like and it's like you know what that's a very that's a very understandable thing it's like once you understand that you know the 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 pressure to be this you know um perfect specimen in the context of the bigger things where it's like you're you're starring in a comic book movie in the middle of a pandemic and it's like you just connect where it's like eh fuck it i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna put a hamburger (laughs) <laughs>
1: again, again. He was he was done with the, like being a teenage heartthrob with uh, Twilight. I mean, like he had to look good, you know. I mean, like not as good as uh, as uh, what's his name, uh, Taylor, Taylor Lautner. Yeah, he didn't have to. He didn't have to like you know take off his shirt as much as like Taylor Lautner, but. But it's like, you know, after like the whole fandom and all that stuff, he was fucking done with it. And I think the only reason why he took on, I think the only reason why he took the Batman project was because of Matt Reeves. Like whatever, like whatever he, like whatever script he wrote or, uh, you know, whoever wrote the script for that film, like they did a good job to convince him like, hey, we're not, we're not going, you know, we're not going down the same route as like a Marvel movie where, you know, Pretty much the whole joke is like if you're in a Marvel movie, you're going to end up with a pack or a six pack. Even if you're like some doy comedian.
0: Yeah. Oh, and and hey, um, let, let's think about it at the end of the day. Who is Bruce Wayne other than a reclusive multimillionaire who dresses up in weird costumes, you know, and has zero interaction with other people? You know, I, if anything, I th- I think it's like a, a very appropriate method acting technique where it's like, I mean, OK, uh, honestly, how could I just honestly, lose, lose, honestly, lose my honestly, mind?
1: It is, <laughs> no, it's, it's, it's honestly like Michael Keaton. It's like Michael Keaton wasn't like, you know, he wasn't like a buff dude. It was just, you know, I mean, so like when he was doing all the Bruce Wayne scenes, it's like, you know, he's just like, you know, just some unassuming regular millionaire. Until he, you know, don, uh, put on the cape and cowl and just, you know, started, like, you know, going around town. Yeah, you yep. to know, bad guys. Well, I mean, this Batman doesn't have to be jacked. I think it was just like, he- I think he was just hoping he doesn't have to do the same shit as Ben Affleck did for fucking for Zack Snyder's version of Batman. Yeah, just
0: being (laughs) this giant beefcake that leads you into being an alcoholic. It's like, hmm, I don't know. It's like the moment Ben Affleck was in the best shape of his life, everything about his life became (laughs) super shitty. So, um, anywho, uh, but but speaking of superheroes, uh, speaking of superheroes, let's get to our review of what... Was at one point. I don't know if it actually got to number one, but at one point it was. It, was it got two. to number two. It got to number two. We are yeah. going to talk about the new Terry Crews Ludicrous uh dramatic thriller. It actually lists itself as on Wikipedia, which is interesting. A dramatic thriller. A dramatic thriller. Okay. Interesting. So, so, I, so I do have some. We're talking about. We're, a t- t- a, a tiny, we're talking about John, John t- t- Henry. We're talking about John Henry, just so uh, we know that. John Henry, where, uh, Reggie, take it from here.
1: Okay, so John Henry is about this guy named John. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's, sorry, I'm just like trying to remember this stupid premise in my head. Okay, (laughs) so Terry Crews stars as John Henry. He used to be an ex-gangbanger, but now lives this gentle life until a couple of Doris' kids step, uh, I mean, escape from a sex traffic uh, uh, ring and ask for his help to uh, ask for his help. And in the in the uh, sex uh, in the sex traffic ring that they were escaping from is owned and operated by his cousin named Hell. That goes by the alias Hell, played by Ludacris. And,
0: now, uh now Rich, yeah. I have to I have to bring this up. Yeah. Okay. Now of course, I don't know if people know, but the whole thing is that it is a quote-unquote adaptation of the folklore of John Henry, you know, John Henry with his hammer, um, you know, able to build, um, able to drive through a mountain better than any man, able to build a tunnel, had the, you know, huge showdown to see if he could be able to dig a tunnel faster than a steam engine, faster than a locomotive, and... um you know, you're talking about one of those OG stories. It's actually kind of fascinating that and they ha- they haven't it, done a John Henry film. No, no, until this point, the, other than the Disney one. But
1: I mean, like, well, again, it's I mean, like the story, the folktale is, is pretty much in the same with It's Pickles, Picklesville, Bill, Paul, Buggin', like John Henry. Like John Henry is uh, is part of that American folk uh, folktale, mm-hmm. and I think, and I think they could no. They didn't put it. You didn't even put him in that Disney movie because Disney did do a movie where where it was like Pecos Bill, Paul Bunyan, and I want to say was Johnny Henry or Johnny Appleseed.
0: Oh my God, we were, just, we were we were just looking at that up when we watched it. Um, yeah, it was Tall Tale. It was a Tall Tale. Yep, Tall Tale. Which the cast yeah. is actually like pretty. um <laughs> pretty surprising when you look back at it, like Patrick Swayze was in it. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Let's see. Tall Tale. tall Tale. Where the heck are you? Where the heck are you? Okay. Here we go. Yeah. Yes. Paul Bunyan was played by Oliver Platt. Um, the, the kid, Daniel hatchet, uh, Hackett was played yeah. by a young Nick Stoll. You had Stephen Lang as the dad. Um, let's see. Patrick Swayze, yeah, he was Pico's bill, yeah. and you had Roger Aaron Brown as John Henry. Henry,
1: yeah. So I mean, like, so so he did. I mean, like John Henry appears, like like he's like one of the few black folk, uh, like you know, folk tales, and like and like he appears in like some, in, like some fashion or another. Like like when he did Steel, I think Steel's like uh, like the the. Oh. The character, I mean, like, like, I think it's, it's I
0: think like, Steele's name is John Henry Irons, John okay. Henry Irons, and it is heavily implied Five, yeah. within the DC comics that, yes, he is, quote unquote, like a direct descendant of the original John Henry. Like, yeah. like that's kind of like, they, I don't think it's canonically, I mean. D- fucking dc always changes yeah. this chronology every fucking well, decade so well, i
1: mean like well i mean like well, i mean like there are ha- there has been like adapt like there hasn't been like an adaptation i mean like the only adaptation like of the story itself is like you know the disney short but other than that it's like that character is either allusion to the the folktale or or they try or uh, or again it's like a, a, or Again, it's like they take the folktale and they try to apply, you know, modern aesthetic to it, which this movie tried to do. Um, I mean, as a matter of fact, it's like you might as well watch <laughs> Steel because that you might movie as is well more, watch it's, Steel. It's, more, it's, it's way more entertaining. <laughs> I, I don't know. know. I like. I don't know. It, it, it's it's one of those. It's one of those movies where there are some funny moments in it between. Um, between uh, uh, Terry Crews and his dad. I mean, like, uh, and the actor they played is his dad.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. his dad, who is called BJ Henry, and yeah. that's apparently on purpose because BJ Henry loves to brag about his dick. Um, yeah. he even has like a whole idiom about how BJ's dick was legendary. Everybody heard yep. it across the land and then it, I could never use it again because, you know, John Henry lives with his uh, father, BJ, who's, you know, um, you know, disabled from the waist down. There was something that what happened to him? No, like, what? So
1: so it, it was at a pivotal moment of a scene where where like the guy uh like the, the character was talking about how life is not fair. So. So he so BJ took the opportunity to to look directly at him and said, "You know what, son? Like my dick used to be like legendary. It wasn't my fault that at the age of fifty two I had a stroke and it took the and it took the <laughs> took the power of my, my dick you know, away. took the power and I took my took the function from my penis.
0: <laughs> and it's it, like, oh my god, <laughs> it's like." <laughs> And and it's worth bringing up. Uh, it's worth bringing up the guy who plays uh, the guy who plays the father is Ken Corey. Uh, you may recall Ken Corey as the main protagonist, Peter from Dawn of the Dead, the original Dawn of the Dead, and he was also Roger Rockmore in Keenan and Kel. So you yeah, know, so '90s kids, well, you know him too. Well, Keenan's like, dad. He played yeah, Keenan's dad. dad. Yeah, yeah,
1: but most likely people will know him as Keenan's dead. I mean, like, unless, again, unless if the people that are watching are huge George Romero fans and they actually watch the original Day of the Dead.
0: Well, zombie no. fans, Rich. I would say if you're a zombie fan, and, and not just that, but he did play a good... Um, he He's popped up a lot, you know, just because, like, him having that, like, you know, famous of a, famous of a role as yeah. far as horror films go. He did go on to be like in a bunch of like, you know, horror films through the years. Like he was in death spa. He was in Texas chainsaw massacre three. Um, he did cameos in the remakes for in the remake for Dawn of the dead. He was in, I mean, um, yeah, uh, uh, Rob Zombie loved him like he's been in every Rob Zombie movie like he was the janitor that like was like the first victim of Michael Myers and the Halloween yeah. remake. So he 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 pops up for, for horror fans, folks know him. So so yeah. it's just funny to kind of see him pop up in what is essentially a central LA dramatic thriller that also wants to be a superhero film like Like that's like look What's
1: weird about it is is I wanted to know who uh, the director is. The director is directed by Will Forbes, and when I was a East
0: Coast, he was an East, Co- East Coast film composer who moved out over here, tried to work in the music, but then decided to become a writer. And just was yeah. able to make the right connections with like the main production company that uh, the production companies that were behind this are the same people behind uh, Upgrade that came out last year. So they, they they, this movie and you can tell is micro budget as hell. Like, like, well, Rich, how many well, days do you think they took to shoot this thing? Be honest.
1: I mean honestly the way like the way how that film looks I can I can say about no more than 15 days the, like you can like the what they, what probably most most likely it might be a 20 day shoot is either no more than 20 25 days okay. and like, only reason 20, 25 okay the, <laughs> the only reason why I would say that is because all right I'm going to like we're we're going like you want to spoil
0: the movie Oh, well, let's let's go through um, well, how, how the I movie mean, starts. Tell me how the movie starts, Reg.
1: I mean, like like anything, it's it's John fixing a, a dog. I mean, um, a doghouse for his uh, for his little cute dog that gets run over by like a random gangbanger.
0: <laughs> and, and as so John Wick immediately. We're yeah, immediately so going John, John Wick with it.
1: Like, here's the thing. It, it, it's like it. It. I guess they thought it was cool to throw in like a John Wick thing, but, but nothing comes from it. It's like, and the guy that was holding the gun at at his uh, at his face, like he never shows up in the movie. Never like the guy who ran over the dog. I mean, was never addressed. It just shows no up no no.
0: Like- um, they they did. He was the guy where um in in the final third act of the movie, which. I'm I'm gonna iterate to folks, just like how much time is wasted before we get to the actual hammer stuff. Is he, he the? It was the same guy that was in the car that he like busted up. You know, was able to break through and like you know, um, you know, kill him and everything. And it's like. You you have to understand, folks, it's like we, we start with this John Wick thing. We start with like seeing this like, you know, premise of, you know, these two Hondurian immigrants, because um, yeah. like there's one uh, there's this one gal. Um, well, her, it's, name, it's like, her name it's, is Berta. Berta is yeah. able to escape because her sibling and this other guy that helped them come into the country, there, you know, tries to some, rescue them. No, but
1: no, 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 no! It's it's her brother. It's her brother and half, and uh, that's her, half that's brother. Right. Because right. Uh, like again, it's like the backstory doesn't make any sense. I'm like it, it doesn't make any sense because it's like a totally different movie. It's like, why are we focusing on it's it's like this could have been a whole nother movie. But somehow, but somehow she ends up like she ends up hiding under under um John Henry's porch. And John Henry decides to take her in and like tries to uh, like you know tries to help her, but he can't speak Spanish. But then you find out that, you know, Ken Forey, like the dad. He knows how to speak Spanish because he was trying to fuck this Puerto Rican chick while he was in night school. The the weirdest <laughs> thing, that- and, and, and he wanted to know all the sexy, all the sexy bed talk she was saying to him. That's the only reason why he knows Spanish. So, so it's just like it's just like a good chunk of the movie It's just Terry Cruz struggling to communicate with this girl. Meanwhile, the father is just you know. He's just like giggling and like snickering because like she just something she just randomly insults him.
0: I I think the biggest issue with this film is 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 two main things. It's yeah. it's written in a way where it clearly seems like Will Forbes and I think really only Terry Crews and like the you know. Hondurian immigrant folks, uh, Berta, the brother, and, you know, the half-brother, they're acting like they're in, like, almost like a Man on Fire movie? Or or what's that one? Rampart. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. it, it, it feels like they're the only four that are actually acting in this movie in a way where it feels like it's trying to actually be, like, you know, more of a gritty, inner-city thriller really, yeah. you know very comparable to like a Menace to society a boys in the hood like that very specific yeah. genre but everybody else everybody else in this movie was given the instruction oh no yeah this is like black dynamite <laughs> like yeah. everybody everybody or, or, everybody or, or. else in this movie feels like they're or in me. like i'm going to get you sucker you know,
1: no, but what makes what, what makes matters worse, it doesn't help that that you have Ludacris that has the alias Hell that 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 he kills his victims with a blowtorch and, and he's decked out with a metal jaw that's grilled it's a
0: gold out. plated gold fucking g- infinity yep. gauntlet grill on the side of his face. And Reggie, there's two things I got to say about Ludacris. There's two things I got to say about Ludacris. <laughs> Do you think he was there for a day or half day? I oh, don't know. He was there for at least a couple of days. I'm, I'm going to say maybe half a day because he is literally in the house. And then he's out on the uh, he's out on the porch in the final confrontation. I would yeah. not doubt for a second that like they spent the three, four hours putting the plate on the side of his face and they were just like, Oh yeah, we could just do this. We we could just do all your scenes today. And Ludacris is probably like, all right, that's fine.
1: <laughs> but, well, well, but but what's funny is I read the article, uh, like I read an interview, like and another thing that that I found out was he has a Twitter account that that was just re- that recently uh, uh, that was recently opened, 2019. So and so I guess a publishers is telling, look, you need a social media. So that's.
0: Did like, he actually hype this movie up
1: like like yeah. if you go to Twitter, like it has an Ewok as an avatar. So I don't know. Like, like it's it's the Ewok from uh, Star Wars uh, Christmas special.
0: You know, Will Comedy Forbes and you know, Will Forbes and Doug Skinner didn't actually know that it premiered on Netflix. Like they said, they didn't find out until like three, four days after it showed up on the surface. Because, like, um, as we already mentioned, the production houses that made this film were Upgrade, but it was actually Saban Films. um, Like John Henry was hoping to, like, you know, do the festival circuit like we brought up in the last episode. But then Saban Capital just kind of swooped in. You know, um, it apparently actually did play in some movie theaters here in L.A., uh, January 24th for like a week or two. And then yeah, they just so the put Academy it up. Yeah. And then they just put it. Yeah. The Academy of Run. Can you imagine? <laughs> and then they just I'm put it. Then they put it. Uh, then they put it up on uh, on demand March. And then they just drop it on Netflix. And somehow, some way, even though like clearly nobody actually seems to like the movie, it ended up at number two. And um, the the other thing I wanted to say real quick before I lose my train of thought I, with, with okay. ludicrous. Okay. Reggie. Yeah. Who does John Henry go up against in the original folklore? Well, he goes like a, it, like a locomotive, right? Yeah. Like a yeah. steam engine. That's the, that's the whole point. Yeah. Okay. So ludicrous has a grill, a metal piece on his face. Right, yeah. It's it, 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 it it's it it's like right there. It's right there. Why uh, the fuck didn't they call it, him like train locomotive steam uh, engine? Uh, uh, you know, drill like gridlock. Robert, you
1: put too much thought into this, and it's going and it sounds even worse. It's because it's like it's, it's already as bad as it is, but you try to try to like connect, try to connect it to the folktale, makes it worse. Like honestly, like I don't could have like, gone. For,
0: you could have gone full black like, dynamite or black sp- or like mono exploitation prob- with well, this.
1: Well, the problem with the problem the problem that I have with this show is it's really
0: dull. Because like it, despite, it is really despite, dull, folks. It like, is. The, boring for like the first 70 minutes it's like it, it, it feels like it's just a lot of talking and a lot of like side characters that are all in these like like ludicrous's crew right hell's crew yeah. are on these like super poofy white jump uh track suits these yeah. like velvety tracksuits, and their dialogue yeah. is just like so fucking bad where it's just like um oh my god what was that what was that really like 2 3 minute long interchange that they had where they were in the van oh, and it was just like the two oh, guys oh, oh, what oh. They
1: talking about well it was like even though it was like a funny it was like a funny dialogue like i felt that was the funny like honestly that was the funniest dialogue scene what were they uh, talking about uh, with the uh, in they, were, they were talking about they were talking about the him and and it's like, yeah, it's the human sympathy on Netflix. Is like, well, which, which part do you want to be? You want to be the front, the middle, or the or the tail end?
0: And, the scene goes for it, two minutes. Folks. Oh no, it's, it's not
1: as it's bad. It's not as bad as the beginning where they're in this they're they're in this like trap house. Where, like, these guys are playing, like, again, it's like these guys are playing dominoes and they were just talking about how many bitches they're going to be fucking. And then all of a sudden, gunshots come, like, raining in. And it's like,
0: what the fuck am I watching? They're they're trying so hard they really really no
1: i like it's honestly that's it feels like it's the director's friends it's like there's the director's friends that are like even if they're like trying to be comedians or whatever and they think they're oh they're funny they can just like you know come up with some witty banter and all that stuff and then yeah. they, they will you know will kill them off and honestly what what pisses me off is 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 this is a feature filmmaker's debut? Like this is a, oh, this is I'm assuming that this is his, like debut film.
0: Oh, and it is. It is. No, nobody else did anything before this. Yeah, and I, I mean, um, if you well, wanted to, um, the the you could tell the music. He's like really trying to go like heavy. Tarantino, and um, he actually collaborated with DJ Quick, um, who's, you know, like I'm not Totally familiar with him, but he, he's he been like a yeah. South Central guy for like a long, yeah. long time. You yeah. know,
1: like if, you're, like if you're a fan of like the West Coast rap scene, like DJ Quick is very prominent. But yeah. even like, even with his, like, even him being a composer, it's like there's nothing just, dis- there's, there's nothing distinguished about his like choice or even like, even even like the way how the characters is written, like the shot choices or anything. It feels like It feels like somebody that learns that's learning how to shoot, or they they or they had a friend that worked on television and he showed them how to shoot. You know, because it feels more like a TV movie, yeah, TV TV movie instead of like an actual uh, like because the way like the shot choices, the way how things are blocked and and even and even um and even when even towards the end. well, uh, I want to say like, okay. So until the climax of the film, it feels more like a TV movie, and then all of a sudden, he like it's all of a sudden like to have like a like like a like had this like huge inspiration to just go over the top with violence and gore.
0: Oh, oh, but and, but funnily enough, funnily enough, as as like the as much as the gore comes in in the last 20 minutes, we do have, away from <laughs> we we do have to bring up. we have to bring up that John Henry gets shot in the head straight yep. up shot in the head that <laughs> just like wakes up in the morning when he's discovered by this like old flame that he just like randomly yeah. meets, you know. And it, it is
1: it, like and even the, the even the scene in the in the uh whatchamacallit it uh, in the farm it's in the CVS uh CBS store like was
0: well, just weird. Just and then like, like he meets Grant, and then he meets like his grandmother who like wait where did the oh. grandmother <laughs> Where well, did the, the grandmother come from? Well Graham. No,
1: like uh, like for some again, it's like the it's like the whole plot point where his cousin lives with his grandma uh, grandma and she's the only one that knows his actual address. And it's like yo, you're 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 cut, like, you know, he's doing some shady shit. Maybe, you know, I don't know, but you know, you know, what's really funny, just just crazy. But what but what 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 kills me is they have this serious talk where it's like, you don't want to go. You don't want to be violent. You don't want to kill him. It was like, he's your family. And then as he leaves, she she just sits there for a minute and just thinks, man, John Henry broke his mother in half while smoking a cigarette. Like t- talking about how his big ass head ripped his mother in two. Like that's like it's
0: like that's how you end the scene with. It's like why, it, 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 especially when like th- there's a whole intro where it's like, okay, so John Henry exists. As the folklore, so it's not like an adaptation. Because like yeah. in, in his father, the the beginning part of the movie is about him saying, you know, I knew my boy was going to be strong, so I named you John Henry. You know, that's that's basically it. It's like that's nothing. That, I mean, that's the only thing that it has yes. anything to do with the folklore. And you you know what I I have a theory. I have a theory, real quick, because um see. Right around the time that they started production for this movie, they started um, they started making this movie um, like pre 2019. And what's interesting is that when they started production was right around the same time, maybe even a little bit before production that Dwayne Johnson and Jake Caston. Announced that uh, one of the projects they're trying to develop is that Dwayne Johnson is going to star as John Henry in this movie called John Henry and the Statesman, where it's basically going to be like a League of Extraordinary Gentlemen kind of thing where like Tall Tale, where it's going to have these characters like Paul Bunyan and uh, Pico's Bill, you know, all these American legends kind of like being, you know, um a uh, superhero cinematic universe kind of thing. And yeah. that film that, that film got a lot of crap its way just because like, you know, it gets into that weird discussion where it's like, you know, for for, for portraying a, someone Being like John Henry. Thing. Well, it's
1: basically, basically, it just plays into like the whole colorism. Uh, right, like, right. Like people, 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 uh, I mean, again, it's, it's, it's a thing. It's, it's, I mean, like it, it's, it's still a, a thing in the black community, Um, you know, yeah. where, where, like, even though the rock is black, but he's light skin. And it's like, you know, you might as well cast something, somebody like Terry Crews, you know.
0: Who He'll is like the run. perfect, the, he's, he's yeah. the perfect fucking guy to play like a John, like if they yeah. did a John Henry movie, it's like, there's no other person on the planet that would be more appropriate to be this I guy. Mean, but
1: I mean, like this, I mean, this, this, I mean, this other actors, I mean, like uh, they could easily go for, um, what's his name? The, uh, actor who played, um, uh, uh.
0: It. <laughs> Are you? Uh, don't you, uh, you say jet, uh, Chadwick Bosman? Because no, not, Jed, not, not Chadwick, Chadwick Bosman. But, <laughs> no, 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 no,
1: no, not Chadwick Bosman. But uh, um,
0: you got to leave. No, Luke Cage. Like, ooh, he'd Luke be. Cage. Ooh, he'd be a good one. But I mean, you know, like like yeah. Luke Cage is already kind of like a John Henry in and of himself. Yeah. So well, it, it would almost but, be redundant.
1: I mean, even the titles, like, even the titles they try to do, like, they try to give it a comic book feel, but, but again, it's like, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing in the movie that screams comic book movie, and yet, and yet... In the last 15 reading.
0: minutes, it decides to be, and now they're talking yeah. about, like, making it a franchise where, I guess, he he is just gonna, you know, then it is yeah. just gonna become the movie that, frankly, it should have been this entire time, and, you know, that. That's the bummer about it where it's like there's moments in this movie where it feels like it could have been this like I almost got samurai cop vibes at certain points. Like I got I got samurai cop vibes, especially when we're like chilling out with the gang members where it's just like there's like this like obliviousness to the awkwardness of the script and the circumstances where it's just like that opening scene with the gang where it's just like they're they're bitches they're just like chilling out on the couch just like being awkward given like no like <laughs> no direction they're just being like
1: yeah but then it's, it's and right. also I also read the interview with uh, with them and he was saying that like this, the script went through so many rewrites. So originally started out as a horror script, um, horror script where he got like a fellowship, like I think of like directing, <laughs> writing fellowship. And it and, would have uh, been
0: well, well it's cool, like like well, John the, Henry being here, treated here. as this like urban legend where he's just going around with a hammer. It's Candyman. Out. It's a goddamn Candyman that they're doing at that point. But but taking out gang members specifically, you know, like like you could have gone in that direction. That that could have been cool uh, to do. Uh,
1: it's it's still Candyman, man. Like that's well more well.
0: Death- <laughs> Death Wish, technically, just you're you're taking the uh, mm-hmm. um, the iconic image of a John Hendry I mean, type, like, Ale- but Ale- now he's being Ale- the Richard Ale- Branson.
1: It de- well, again, it depends on how how they're training this element. If it's supernatural, then yeah, it's like it's gonna be Candyman. Oh no, no, like,
0: no, 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 rich, rich, rich. If, rich,
1: if it's planet, not, it'll be it'll be, de- it'll be Well, it's, it still won't be fucking Death Wish. There's so many again. There's so many hood movies like they're better than this. It's like it, they, yeah. Like again, it's like, and also like pretty much that type of style movie, like like flamed out in the early two thousands. I mean, as a matter of fact, it's like what pisses me off is, is, and I try to tell you to watch uh, like you watch *Ministry of Society* or, or *Boys in the Hood*.
0: When when I thought about it, Rich, I did see those movies just a really long time ago, so I I just don't have like a. Vivid recollection of them, but I know exactly, you know, the because the, like, the tropes and the vibe that this one was thinking that it was trying to be. But know, even,
1: even, even with the tropes and vibes, it's like even from filmmaking standpoint, like those two films were debut films as well for the Hughes Brothers for Ministry of Society and Boys in the Hood. Yeah. But but the way I was rented, the way I was shot, you can tell the filmmaker's voice. And yeah. even and even then, it's like it was and what's really bugs the hell on me was was um it was like and I also went to a, a screening where uh where um, one of the Hughes brothers, the uh did a QA. He yeah. was saying that uh, that the, in the opening scene with Menace to Society, where you had Samuel Jackson. Like it was like 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 the opening scene in John Henry is the same way how like the scene played out similarly similar the scene played out in uh, Mister Society where I think either his dad got murdered oh uh, no either Samuel Jackson murdered somebody or he got murdered it was it was something like that but but him and the actors that was with him they like. Like you could tell, uh, like the acting caliber was so much better. Yeah. It's like they, they were able, like, they were able to vibe off with each other because they were like, you know, they did like, you know, like either improv or like, you know, like uh, like shows in and there with each other. So they so they pretty much can vibe off with each other yeah. and like they can look naturalistic. Wow. well this one, like, well, this one, it's like you could tell the guy is trying to be funny, and it's like, and it's just it's just so cringeworthy
0: the 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 biggest the, the biggest bummer is that terry crews is trying to give like a genuinely grounded performance because he's acting like he's in like a hugh brothers movie he's acting like he is in something that is like you know grounded you know he he's he's trying to play a guy that feels like the weight of his past on his shoulders he has this tip with his cousin but he's trying to like take care of you know his father um you know he he's trying to act it like he's in like that, that's why I think it's super funny that on Wikipedia, it it's trying to list itself as a dramatic thriller. And Terry Crews is trying to act like he's in a dramatic thriller as opposed to something that is more appropriately schlocky. And, and that's a bummer because he is he is trying to give his all like he's not he's not given like a telegraph performance. He is trying to, you know. Yeah. Do do this character appropriately to the script that's given to him. It's yeah. just
1: right. he, it's for, like even 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 moments where he has like sad moments where where he shows like Berta, the uh, the drawings like he's showing like all the uh, life art. I mean, uh, all the uh, sketches of, of women and like the figures, men and all that stuff. But which I always dogs. love.
0: I always love bringing up that, you know, Terry Crews, even though he's famous as like a former football player. He got into college off of a fine art scholarship in figure drawing. So he for sure even did those sketches for sure. You know, and yeah, he he brought that element. He it's just I I think the clearest thing to say about the movie is that it's not a movie that works for what he's performing for. And his performance absolutely does not work for the movie that it actually is. I think I think is yeah. I think is the biggest bummer about it. Yeah.
1: And it's also it's just like it just went too many rewrites to the point where they try to introduce all these ideas, because even in the same interview where it's like it started out as a uh, script where it like takes place in the suburbs and then South Central and it alternates between the two. Uh, like they had to cut that part out, like the suburbs part, and just keep it in South Central. And then, and then, like the whole thing with the immigration. Like he talked to like a couple of he even knew like a couple friends or acquaintances that talked about you know, you know, like the whole Honduras. You know, uh, like you know, like you know, like like traveling. You know, three thousand miles from Honduras. You know, to the United States, and like just to you know escape from the violence and gang violence and all that stuff. That yeah. like. Like he want to include that into the script, and like, like that's, I mean, like that's that's the whole thing. It's like it just doesn't know what the film want, like it it just doesn't know what the film wants to be. And mm-hmm. and I, I mean, honest honestly, I think the only film festival that probably would have played it, played it would might have been like either South by Southwest or or... They were going to go to Kane. They were going to go to Cannes, Rich. Oh, no, no, no. Well, most likely it's uh, for the film market. No, 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 it, no. Like, here's the thing. Here's the thing about the Cannes Film Festival. That film was no... There was no way on... There's no way on earth it would have been up for the Palm De d'Or. They were going to pitch like, it. They were going to sell it. Is yeah, so... Yeah, so, yeah, they were going to sell it to the film market, but... Yeah. I, I can could, I could tell you that that, uh, like... Nobody was going to acquire that. Like, like nobody's going to acquire that TV movie. Like, like Netflix was like, was, like, pretty much their best bets. Yeah,
0: and, and, Saban, and, and Saban Studios is, like, you know, Haim Saban, who... If you don't know Haim Saban, um, you know, Haim Saban is, like, one of the most wheeling-dealing background producers, but he is also most famous and currently does... Oh, wait, no, 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 he doesn't have the Power Rangers anymore. He did for a split. The Power Rangers' fucking rights is a whole nother nightmare. That would be a whole episode enough of itself. But yes, Haim Saban is most famous for bringing over uh, the Power Rangers. So yep. man, and it's like, you could have gone for that vibe, too. You know, go for... It's like, if you want to make a superhero movie, just fucking make a micro-budget superhero movie with Terry Crews There's, as uh, honestly, John Henry. You had uh, it, guys, you had it right there.
1: Honestly, there's a better there's a honestly there's a better movie uh, that has that superhero vibe. But again, it's like it's it's one of those movies where like you could tell that most of the budget was spent towards the end of the movie where the kid shows powers. Uh, give me a second.
0: Um, oh, I know that low budget one that you're talking about. Um, but but yeah, oh well. Um, no, no. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a. I think that's a good uh, turning off point for this episode, Reggie. Uh, which which film are we hopping onto next? Um, I'm pretty sure that we're gonna uh-huh. talk. I want to talk about Scoob. I want to talk about Capone. Or Al Capone. Capone. <laughs> Sorry, why did I say Capone? Oh Lord, I'm a. Ta- uh-huh. All right, I'm, th- I'm throwing in my uh-huh. Italian. American license out the window. Oh my uh, God. No, no, oh, I mean, Capone. Jesus.
1: I mean, like, it could have it could been pronounced Capone. Or, like, like it, 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 it's, it's a bit like, like it, 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 Rich. It's, I got to tell you,
0: what's, what's funny is that I saw a Fandango Now ad uh, where on Instagram where it showed Capone and Gotti. Like encouraging you to buy both Capone and Gotti. And I don't know if that's brilliant or if that's just like, wow, we're looking forward to a really terrible evening. So, um, I know it's like, I love it.
1: Like, it's,
0: it knows what it's doing. That's for sure. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: It's, it it knows what it's doing. And it's just not. I've like, look, I've seen, I've seen Gotti and, and yeah, that movie's bad. Like it's it's one of those things where yeah. like it's it's one of those films where where they should have just fo- they should have just adept the goddamn book. They should have just like focused on Gotti Junior. Because apparently that's where the source like a lot of the source material was from. Oh, but, Reg, instead, say, but instead, save, they want to do, but instead, they want they wanted to have the cake and eat it by trying to do a John Gotti film. And it's like they did a shitty job, <laughs> a shitty job of covering his life because Reggie, it's like there's so save, many
0: moments. Save your Gotti takes, save your Gotti takes for the Capone episode, because I want to talk about Gotti too. Because I, like, I it, it is the terrible movie, mentioned- but I love its terribleness. I I love it in so many different ways that, you know, we, we're gonna riff on it for about 20, 30 minutes. I know it. I know it.
1: <laughs> I mean and then and then Capone, I've heard reviews of it and it's like, I can't it's like wait. even Ooh. even 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 for the premise, it's like yeah, it sounds interesting, but it's like, who the fuck wants to sit through that type of movie?
0: Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait. We're, oh, it's, we're, it's, 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 it's a film designed for us, Reggie. It's a film designed for us. And I can't wait to talk about it in the next episode. So, um, everyone, thank you so right. much for us listening to uh, John Henry, a man who split his mother in two and a man whose yep. father's dick was legendary. Yes. Legendary indeed. Legendary indeed. All right, folks. Uh, thank you so much for listening to this episode of Box Office Vacancy. Make sure to listen to us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for liking us on uh, Facebook. It's uh, growing surely. Uh, sure. You know, I always grew up that phrase because they're so close. I know that's kind of the point. It, it, it's growing and we appreciate the... Surely um, it's growing it's growing i'll just keep it to that so uh thank you folks this is your co-host robert signing off
1: and this is your co-host reggie
0: all right all right peace out